My name is Joseph Kellogg. I have the privilege and honor of serving as the next-gen pastor, which means I get to work with our kids and youth pastors, and I'm so excited that we have our youth pastors speaking at all of our campuses today, and I know they're preaching God's Word with passion, and God's doing something incredible as our students are serving. If you're new here, we're excited that you're here. If you're joining us online, all of our ladies at Mabel Bassett and everyone watching later, man, we believe in this generation. We believe in you. We're glad that you're here today. Come on. I'm excited. Isn't this generation like fired up? Like you were seeing them worship. Some of your back was hurting just watching them. Like, Lord, yes, come on, just praise them up there. We are committed to this generation. Today is youth takeover. We have students serving at the doors. We have students serving in our kids' ministry. You saw them up here on cameras and on the stage with instruments and, and leading with their gifts. And that's what I love about this church is that we make room, we have a seat at the table for this generation, and that we would take a Sunday and say, hey, you guys, you guys go after it. You shine, you lead the way. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the youth today. We're going to talk about the youth, and some of you are like, y'all, I feel a little young. Like, I, I don't know, Let, let's see who's here today, because some of you, it's been a while. How many remember when you were a teenager? Some of you, that was like a couple of years ago. Some of you, it was a few years ago. Some of you even laughed. You're like, oh, I remember. I remember. You know, there's different generations represented here every single Sunday. We're a generational church. And I'm going to do a little, little roll call this morning to see who's all here. Any boomers in the house? Any boomers? You're like, I don't even know what that means. A boomer is anyone ages 57 to 75. Any boomers in the house? All right. All right. Come on, the boomers. They're listening to music on the round table, the eight track. Michael Jackson was still in the Jackson 5. Come on. A, B, C, right? Like, you watch Star Wars in theater, the first one, like the original. Like, you're proud of it. Gen X, any Gen Xers in the house? Yeah, you know who you are. Ages 41 to 56, you experienced the cassette tape. Come on. Your sound system was so loud, man, you didn't even need gas in your car. You just like... You just turned it up and went to the next, the next stoplight. The MTV, the BET generation. You watched the first Top Gun in theater. Come on. You're the generation of the internet, the dial-up. Like, you know what that was like. Gen X, come on. What about my millennials? Any millennials in the house? Ages 28 to 40. Man, this generation so big because so much happened in this generation. It's kind of broken up into two generations. But, but really, you are the, 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 truly the social media, the beginning of social media, the wave of boy bands. You know, they, every 10 years, you know, bye, bye, bye. They just keep coming. <laughs> this is what I know with different generations is, is words mean different things to you. So when, when I say the word filter, somebody's like, yeah, you need to go change the filter in your car, your, your A.C., Another person's like, oh, no, that filter for your face. <laughs> and some of you Gen Xers, <laughs> you found that filter and you love it. You're like, oh, I like this kind of filter. Come on. Or if you think you hear the word block, you're like, oh, that's like basketball or like, you know, uh, like a block of wood. No, no, no. That's when, when someone you don't like and you block them on social media. Social media has changed everything. Growing up, when I heard the word catfish, I was like, oh, fried catfish. Come on, somebody. Now it's someone like an imposter trying to be like someone else. 
or a cloud. When I was a kid, you know, clouds were just these white puffy things like, oh, wait, I see a dinosaur. That's awesome. But now you're like, you're putting stuff in the cloud. You're like, where's the cloud? Where'd it go? What are you talking about cloud? Or a text, you put that in your backpack growing up. Now it's something you send. Do you remember, some of you in this room, remember when texts first started coming out? And you're like, why am I going to text you? I can call you. Now it's opposite. Like, why are you calling me? <laughs> text me. Man, we're a generational church here at People's Church. And this, this current generation, man, it demands that our church responds and, and, and steps in. Because this current generation, we believe in the youth. This generation is called Generation Z. Generation Z, Gen Z, is born 1995 to 2015, currently ages 7 to 27. And all, all generations, man, th this generation, all they've known is Wi-Fi. Growing up, man, if I got in trouble, I'd get sent to my room if I got in trouble. Now it's like, hey, we're taking the Wi-Fi away. Change the password. No, Mom. Not the Wi-Fi. Man, they'd make us play outside when we were kids. Anybody remember that? You go to like an aunt's house. There's some people I never even been in their house. Like you didn't even get to eat inside. Get those kids outside, you know. Where's the Wi-Fi? Where's the mineral water? <laughs> it's called the water hose. You go out there and drink the water hose. Like, come on, come on. Got water that's sparkling now. I don't even know what's going on. Gen Z, but let's talk some, some real stuff going on in Gen Z. There, there's a research, some data that was done by the global research, uh, the global youth research. And here's some of the stats that I want to share today. I, I want these to, I want you to let these sink in, the reality of this, what our, our generation, our current generation is facing. Two out of three Gen Z students are currently leaving the church or have already left the church. It means if you have three kids with you today, two out of three says we'll, we'll eventually leave the church. This generation is twice as likely of any other generation to become an atheist. There's actually a new term, this generation, they're called the nuns. When they're asked what their religious affiliation is, they literally put none, none. Two out of every five teens answer none on this question. Only 3% of this generation are reading their Bible. 3%. And with COVID, this generation's faced so much more. They're on their phones constantly. Literally, people have called them not just teenagers, but screenagers. That's all they've known is the smartphone. A study was done in 2019 asking students about their experience over the last 90 days, not their lifespan, the last 90 days. The research says that 74% of teens say they experience loneliness. 66% percent experience high anxiety 60 percent of them experience depression remember this is not the course of their life but in 90 days and this was prior to the pandemic so we know that these numbers have only gone up another shocking stat is this that 35 percent of u.s teens reported suicide ideation which means one in three teens who said in the last 90 days that they had thought about ending their life a lot of people might say we have a problem and it is, it's daunting, but I believe this is the church's finest hour. I believe that we have an opportunity to step in and raise a generation and see a generation come to know Jesus and to make his name known. 
More changed lives here at People's Church is more than, than just a banner we put on the side of a wall. It's a belief. You see, more changed lives, it's, it's more than just a commitment. It's a conviction deep within us that we want to see more changed lives in this generation. We believe that Gen Z will be set free. We believe that Gen Z will be set free, that they'll experience freedom. But that freedom is only found in the presence of Jesus. What Paul write to the church of Corinth? He said this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 17. He says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Church, can I tell you, the world throws way better parties than we do. They do. If you, if you haven't been to one, they do. They throw way better parties. And it's interesting, the church is always trying to throw a really good party, but, but we never can match the world's party. But we offer something here that the world cannot offer, and that's the presence of God. Epic Youth, our students, we are committed to creating moments for them to encounter the presence of God. You see, Epic isn't about a party, it's about the presence. Epic Youth is not about pizza, and we like serving pizza. That's youth ministry. I've been in youth ministry for 21 years. That's a lot of pizza if you do the math. But it's not about pizza, it's about the presence of God. It's not about a cool promotional video, it's about the presence of God. Here at People's Church, we are all about, man, doing everything we can to see a generation encounter the presence of God. Today, I want to talk to you about how we want to create moments for our students to experience His presence. If you're taking notes, the title is simple, The Power of a Moment. Moments have power. They're etched in our mind. They're, they're etched in our, our timeline of life. For some of you, it could have been hitting that home run when you were a kid or scoring the game-winning basket or or making the grade, or, or becoming valedictorian, that moment, there's a moment that has power. It's etched in your mind. It could be a moment that, that maybe one of your parents said something super nice to you, and you've always wanted that affirmation. That moment's etched in your mind. For me, I, I know I think about the, the moment that I asked my bride to marry me in 2002 in Oklahoma City, downtown, come on. I got on my knee and said, girl... I would show you right now, but I wouldn't get back up if I tried to get on my knee right now. <laughs> Will you marry me? Will you spend the rest? She said, yes, yes. It was awesome. In that moment, man, I remember it to this day. When I drive by, there's, that, that, there's power in a moment. Or when we, when we uh, man, got married, or man, the, the first birth of your first kid, it's like, whoa. They don't prepare you for that moment. It's amazing. Now, there's power in a moment. It could be the moment that you got water baptized, the moment that you said yes to Jesus. Moments have power. There's power in a moment. And we want students to have moments with Jesus. You see, he changes everything. That's a bold statement, but he does. Jesus changes everything. Just look through scripture. When people met Jesus, their life was changed. And it's in his presence that, man, where we find his promises. We can look for promises everywhere in this world, but it's in his presence. Today we're going to look at a few passages from the book of Acts. The Acts is this, this doc series that Luke is kind of writing to us after Jesus ascends into heaven. And they're, they're following out man, God's command to reach this world. And we get to see this, this beautiful series of events that happen. But it started with this moment, this moment that released more in their life. It's found in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, verse 1 through 4. It says, On the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. Someone say one place. There's something powerful about a place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. 
Then what looked like flames of tongue of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone, someone say everyone, everyone present was filled. What a moment. The Holy Spirit began speaking in other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability. This was an amazing moment. This is a moment that, that Jesus promised, a moment that something would happen. And it was in his presence that God did something incredible. The power of this moment you and I are still a part of today. I believe moments with Jesus unlock something. A moment's like a key. And there's some things in our life that God wants to unlock, and it can only be unlocked by a moment with Jesus. I think about my life. At 11 years old, I had a moment at a youth convention. As a man, early teenager, kind of sneaking in as a teenager at a youth convention where God called me into full-time ministry at 11 years old. That's why we do the events that we do. That's why we do camps, because we're trying to create a moment for students to hear the voice of God. And we know that a moment can unlock something, can unlock potential, unlock destiny, can unlock so much. That's why we have moments. Today I'm going to talk to you about a couple of things that are unlocked when we have a moment in His presence, a moment with Jesus. The first thing is this, a moment will unlock more. Someone say more. No matter what you've experienced, man, how old you are, can I tell you there's more today. God has more for you. Acts 1.8, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. He's telling them, hey guys, listen, listen what's about to happen. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They've already experienced so many miracles. They've already seen so much. But Jesus says, hey, wait, there's more. There's more. There's more found in his presence. Jesus is preparing his disciples for more because a moment in his presence unlocks more power to witness. I think just one individual that was in that room, the disciple, the apostle Peter. You see, he, he is, man, Peter is a pretty awesome dude. Like he, he lived this, man, he, he was a little passionate, had some zeal, like a lot of our teenagers had a little bit of attitude like a lot of our teenagers. Come on, is it just me? I have three daughters, teenage daughters. You just got to watch out when you wake up in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody good? We clear. Check. We good? Oh, I can't say that today. Got it. Awesome. I'm talking about a little attitude. I'm going to have to have church today. Peter actually, he even, he even, he even struggled a little bit. He even had an opportunity to to witness and proclaim who Jesus was to a little girl one day. And he struggled to even have the boldness to do that. But after a moment, after a moment, it unlocked something in Peter's life. He had more confident with confidence with his boldness. It unlocked more confident in his witness. We believe that Jesus is wanting to do the same in this generation. He wants to do more. Someone say more. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus. And this is actually a prayer. He's on his knees writing this this letter, he says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I could just stop right here. Hold up, wait a minute, let me put some truth in it. This word right here, God is able. If you didn't get anything else today, just know that verse, God is able. I don't know what you're going through, but he's able. He's able. And you know what else? There's a power at work within us. The same power that conquered the grave lives in us. There's a power at work within us. To do what? More. Someone say more. Man, God's going to do more, more, more. And we're believing this for this generation. Paul continues in his letter to the church of Ephesus. And he says this in chapter 4. 
And this is, to me, I believe a word for our students in this generation. Chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of the body, the church. Here at People's Church, we declare that our kids and our students will not be immature like children. We declare that our students will not be tossed around by the teaching of this world. And this generation is facing more lies than ever before. A lies at a click of the finger every single day. The enemy, he's the father of lies. That's why we need a generation that knows the truth. And we, we declare that, that this generation, our students will not be influenced by others. But instead, someone say instead. This is what we believe as Paul writes to the church of Ephesus. We believe that we will have a generation that will speak the truth in love. We will have a generation that will grow to be more and more like Jesus. How do we do this? By creating moments for students to spend time with Jesus. To spend time with Jesus wants to do more. He wants to do more in PC kids. He wants to do more in Epic Youth. He wants to do more in Recharge Young Adults. He wants to do more in you. When our kids and our youth have a moment with Jesus, it unlocks something. I think about one of our students last week at camp, Raina. I think we have a picture of Raina. Man, look at that smile. Man, I love Raina. Man, Raina loves Jesus. Raina had told this testimony that, that after seven years, she'd been battling with depression, but on Monday night, God set her free because she had a moment with Jesus. She had a moment with Jesus that unlocked. Listen, moments with Jesus will unlock freedom in your life. I think about a couple of our, our leaders, and we have some amazing volunteers and dream team leaders who serve at all of our campuses. I am so thankful for them. Can we give it up for all of our leaders that, that serve on our dream team and Epic Youth? And I, I think about Tareen and Katie. They just joined our team. Katie, a few months ago in Grow Track, which is starting today, by the way. Katie in Grow Track. She heard pastor on the video talk about that pain. That, man, what can you do with that pain? How, how can your pain have purpose? And, and what can you do with that? And, and she said in that growth track room, she said, I talked to her last night that she'd been running from what God has been speaking to her. She, she know that the Lord had been, been, been talking to her about doing more. And right there in growth track, she was like, you know what? When I was a teenager, my parents got a divorce. And my youth leaders in my life were there for me. And you know what? I need to give my life to be there for students. And her and Tareen took off work last week and served at Epic Youth Summer Camp. And God used them in a mighty way. <laughs> Tareen actually said, I just kind of went with her. Like, I, I really, you know, she said she was going to try it out. She, he, he, already served, he was signed up to serve on a ministry on Sunday. And he's like, hey, there's this training. Uh, Katie said, will you go with me? He's like, ah, I guess. And then in that training, she's like, okay, I, I guess we're going to serve on Wednesday. And this last week they were at camp. And God used him to read camp team, even one camp champ. He's like, y'all did that on purpose. Now I got to keep serving. Can I tell you, God's doing something, and when we have a moment with Jesus right there, Katie had a moment in a grow track room that unlocked purpose in her life. That's why we have moments. 
because moments will unlock more. Secondly, there's power in a moment, and we believe that moments will unlock a movement. What happened there in the Acts church, man, we are still being benefactors of today. A movement started that we're a part of today, Acts 2.41. It says, those who believe that what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000. Acts 2.47, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And we see passages like this over and over again in the Acts church that God continued to add, he continued to add, he continued to multiply. You see, we believe that God is gonna start a movement in this generation, but it starts when we have a moment with Jesus. Now, I want our students to be like the church of Antioch that they talk about, that, man, those people, man, they're like Jesus. Church, today we're praying and believing for our students to experience a movement, a movement. When I look at the landscape of our culture, there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. I'm heartbroken by, by so many things that our students are facing today. Even as I was joking about the different generations, can I tell you, this generation, they have faced more than any other generation. The enemy is, man, full court press attack trying to destroy this generation. There's a lot of things I don't know, but can I tell you, church, there's a few things I do know. I know God is still faithful. I know God is still faithful. I know that Jesus still saves, heals, and delivers. I know the Holy Spirit still empowers. I know through Jesus, the church is still the hope of the world. I know that this generation is still chosen for greatness, and I know that our mission is still the same. We are committed to see more changed lives. That's what I know. I know that now is our time. Someone say, now is the time. Now is the time for us to take new ground. Now is the time for us to make Jesus famous. Now is the time for us to start a movement, a movement that's going to change the world. That they would talk about this generation the same way they did about the disciples. Hey, hey, aren't those the guys, aren't those the, the women of God that flip the world upside down? Let it be said of this generation. Man, my prayer is that we would see a youth movement that will change the world. Church, I'm going to tell you a few things that I see. I see a youth movement where students experience the power of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like it. Man, I want to see Acts 10 moments like Cornelius' house. Friends and family gathered. They experience the power of the Holy Spirit. I want, I want to see moments like that because I'm telling you, we see it right there in the book of Acts. A moment in the Holy Spirit will change you forever. It will change you forever. Man, I, I see, you know what I see? I see a youth movement that is diverse and for everyone. Diverse and for everyone. Acts 2.17, it says, in the last days, this is Peter quoting Joel. He says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. What people? All people. That's everybody. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Oh, that's why I've been dreaming dreams lately. Hey, man. I mean, you know what? I mean, they will do it. Man, this is a generation that's diverse, and that here at People's Church, we see a movement that's going to be diverse and for everyone. It says Jew and Gentile, black, white, Hispanic, Chinese, Japanese, Indian, it doesn't matter. It's for everybody. He said everybody. Our sons, our daughters, all generations. Why? Because we're family. That's what I see in this generation. I see a youth movement where scripture engagement becomes a priority. Your students show up on a Wednesday night in one of our epic youth services. You know what? We're going to preach Jesus. Now, I grew up in youth ministry. We used to have snack time, play time, all sorts of time. But can I tell you, man, we preach the word of God. 
And students encounter his presence in worship every single Wednesday night. We get in circles and we talk about what Jesus is saying. As a dad and as a pastor, I want my children to say two things, two statements. I want them to be able to say, the Lord said. That's a powerful statement. Because you know what? My voice will eventually be gone in my kids' lives. I want them to be able to say, the Lord said. For them to hear the voice of God, they need to be a place where they hear the voice of God. And we need to celebrate. You know, the Bible is written by a bunch of people that heard the Lord say something. The Lord said. The second thing, I want my children and our students to be able to say, it is written. What did the enemy do? I mean, he tried to tempt Jesus, but what did Jesus do? Hey, hey, it is written. Hey, it is written. Hey, it is written. The enemy's throwing all sorts of things at our students, but they need to be able to battle it out with the word of God. This stat is daunting. It says 46% of Christian teens say they never read the Bible. I'm not talking about any teens, Christian teens. That's a problem, church. The Bible must become a priority. Teens today will spend seven and a half hours online a day. We need to help them engage and devote to the right things. It says in Acts 2.42, the followers of Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And we want to help students engage in the word of God. And you know what's awesome? Is stats have proven if students are reading the word of God, that mental health goes down, crisis goes down. Isn't that wild? Why? Because it's the truth, and it's the truth that sets us free. There's a lot of lies in this world. We need to help students understand and know the truth. I see a youth movement that will make every effort to help students know God, grow in God, discover their purpose, and make a difference. I love this statement. Peter's writing is his last letter. He says this in 2 Peter 1, 12 through 15. He says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you have. I'm reminding you, church, today. Some of you know this already. I think it is right to refresh your memory. So as I live in this tent of a body, because I know that I will soon be put it aside as our Lord Jesus has made it clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. We will make every effort to help students know God. We'll make every effort to help students grow in God, to discover their purpose and make a difference. I believe that Gen Z will be set free. I believe that Gen Z will be set free, but church, it starts with you and me. I believe that Gen Z will be set free, but it starts with you and me. So I don't know if you're Gen X, a millennial, or a boomer, or whatever you identify with as a generation. Church, can I tell you, we have to do something. That, that, man, this word requires action. So today, I, I want you to commit to doing three things with me. The first is this. Would you commit to pray for this generation? Would you pray for this generation? This generation, they're not just going to playgrounds. They're going to battlegrounds every single day. And we need to pray, pray, pray. I love what Mark Batterson says. He says, you know what? You don't, you never, uh, you'll never be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. You can be a praying parent. You can be a praying grandparent. Parents, grandparents, let's pray for this generation every single day. I, I even heard years ago there was this challenge that every time you go through a school zone to pray for students. And you need to slow down. So I've got got once. Whoop. Pray for this generation. Secondly, will you commit to prioritize church with your kids and grandkids? Will you prioritize church? Will you prioritize church? Like the old preacher said, I was, I was on drugs when I was a kid. I was like, what? I was drugged to church on Monday, on Sunday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. 
prayer meeting. I would, I would, can I tell you, we need a generation again to say, hey, hey, guess what? Get up. We're going to church. I'm tired. You know what? Man, Jesus was tired sometimes too, but he's still with the church. Let's go. Yeah, we got to go to church. Why? Because it's in this house that when we're planting this house, we're going to flourish. We're going to have fruit. The psalmist right, man, planted in the house of the Lord. Man, you, you want your, your, your child, your student to have fruit in their life? They have to have roots because there's going to be storms that come their way, and they need to be rooted in the church. You know why we have students serving? And this isn't, if, you, if you, you show up here at People's Church at all of our campuses, our students are out there serving every single week. We want them to realize that this is their church. They don't just come to youth ministry. This is their church. Because when they graduate high school, this is their church. When they go off to college, they're going to go to a church and say, hey, where can I serve? Man, this is my church. Because church isn't like, like you graduate and you're done. No, we want this to be a lifestyle forever that we're planted in the house of the Lord. Prioritize church with your kids and grandkids. Pick them up. Bring them. Lastly, let's participate in reaching this next generation. Let's participate. Be a part. Some of you are like, man, I, I'm going to pray. I, and some of you, you're going to take the responsibility. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring, I'm going to prioritize church. Lastly, participate in reaching the next generation. This generation doesn't need a sage on the stage, but a guide on the side. They need adults to be in their world. You know, at camp, it, it was wild because we play all these competitive games and it's fun. But you can also see the brokenness during these games. How much are our students here at People's Church, they just need a leader to be there with them. And some of you might say, well, I, well I'm, not, I'm too old. No, 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 no. We have leaders at all of our campuses, 60 plus at all of our campuses. I was, I was, in, I was in Indy. We had a, there's a leader named Pop, 65 years old, out there representing the green team. And he's out there with those kids doing everything he can. He's retired, but he's given his life for the next generation. Our students need to look up and say, you know what? Oh, I can serve the Lord at 25. Oh, I can serve the Lord at 35, at 45, at 55. And they go, oh, this is a lifelong man decision. I'm going to live for Jesus the rest of my life. Participate. Don't just be a spectator. Be a participator. Be involved. You say, how? Glad you asked. Today, in both of our lobbies, we have a table with a, a QR code. If you can go out there, we have an intern, some of our leaders that are out there. You say, man, I, I want to I participate in what God's doing. I want to be a part of the movement of seeing the next generation know Jesus and make him known. Just go out there and talk to one of them. All they're, they're going to get is your name, your number, so they can follow up on you and tell you your next step. Because some of you, you've already gone through Grow Track, and maybe you serve another ministry, but you, you have availability on Wednesday night. Would you show up? We have so many amazing leaders. Every week they're in here. But we need more because God wants to do more. We need you to, to participate, to be a part. Are you ready for a movement, church? Are you ready to see God move, church? Are you ready for a movement in this generation? It all starts with a moment. And some of you today, today is your day. Today, I, I want to give you an opportunity to have a moment with Jesus to see freedom unlocked in your life. In the world, we pursue more. The pursuit of more will always leave you with less. Some of you have been pursuing so much, you don't understand why you're still so empty because it's only God that will fill. John 10.10, 10, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and life to the full. That life is found only in Jesus. Today, will you surrender your life to Jesus? And when you do, he'll unlock more joy, 
more peace, more freedom, more hope. All you have to do is say yes to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I know I've been talking about students today and the next generation, but I believe the Holy Spirit's been having a conversation with you. And today on Youth Takeover Day, you're gonna give your life to Jesus. You're gonna surrender and he's gonna unlock more in you than you could ever do on your own. On the count of three, if you say today, I need to give my life to Jesus. If you're online, you can make this same, this same moment right there in your room or in your car. You can say yes to Jesus. On the count of three, if you wanna say yes to Jesus, I want you to lift your hand up. One, two, three, lift your hand up. I need to give my life to Jesus. I see you, I see you, I see you back there. If you're online, just say that's me. I see you, so awesome. I see you, I see you dads, moms, but I see you, I see you. Freedom is available in this place. We're gonna say a prayer. If you repeat this prayer after me, God's gonna set you free today. Today's your moment. July 3rd, 2022, Jesus is gonna do something new in your life. Say this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I accept that you're my Lord and my Savior. And from this day forward, I'm gonna live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give Jesus a great big hand? It says that heaven celebrates when one person gives their life to Jesus.